It's nice to see you all. Guess who? <laughs> so, uh, Pastor was taking care of his uh, post-operation wife this entire past week. Um, she is still at home recovering and will be for another probably week or two. Um, she had a few complications throughout the week, so just keep her in your prayers, lift her up, that she would not have any more complications and that she would be able um, to hold things down and be hydrated and get liquids in her as she is at home resting and continuing to rest. Um, uh, also, just real quick before I get into the word this morning, um, tonight we will have the youth ministry, the remedy, and we're finishing up our summer study on the book of James. So you need to have chapters four and five read by tonight, and we will be going over that over at the remedy this evening. Doors open at 6.30 if you are in grades six through 12. And we start at 7, and we'll be done around the time church is done tonight. Um, Two weeks from tonight, or from today, I should say, August 19th is going to be our back-to-school day for anybody that is a student or anybody that works in any type of capacity within the schools, for the schools. Uh, We'll call you down. We'll pray for you that day as you go back into the schools, probably for most of us that week. Um, The kids... And then that day, we have adults that are lined up to provide lunch to our teenagers. Um, And we are going to have a huge Survivor Fear Factor day-long event competition of guys versus girls, head-to-head challenges. Um, James Henderson and I, with the input of the student leadership team and the adult leadership team last Sunday, got together yesterday for several hours and planned about 90% of it, and it's looking good. Awesome, fun, competitive. It's going to be a really awesome event. They get points for inviting friends, so parents encourage them to go um, to, to their friends and invite them. Not a friend that attends the youth ministry, a friend that doesn't attend the youth ministry, and they'll get bonus points for that. So we'll have a lot of, uh, of awesome events that day. We'll have a winner. We have a torch lighting commissioning service into the schools that night. Um, and then we will provide dinner for them as well that night. Um, no cost. The event is free. And um, that is happening next week. So immediately after the altar call, the teens are going to rush out of here and go start creating their base, their bases And we're going to eat lunch, and we're going to have all kinds of awesome stuff for them planned the entire day, and everything will conclude after the night service around 8 or 8.30 that night. Okay? So that is next week, so go get your friends remedy. Okay, Um, this morning I have a message um, given three or four days to prepare it, but I've been kind of thinking about it. It's not when religion religion and sin are BFFs. I'm still working on that. That's coming later on, maybe within the next couple of months. But I have a message this morning, and it kind of it tails off of last week to where we were reminded of we are who we say God is. It is what's, what God says it is. His name shall be John when Zacharias um, was um, mute and he couldn't speak because he didn't believe what the angel Gabriel was telling him. So that angel through God made him go mute until his wife gave birth to the promised son of, of John the Baptist. And they were saying, let's name him Zacharias after his father. He said, no, 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 his name is John because that's what God said through the angel long time ago. So it is what God says it is. Amen? Carol's not here. I need somebody to shout this morning. All right? 
So it, it, this isn't going to work too well if you're not interactive and engaged. So kind of get pumped up because I have a message. And I first of all, I want to say that the title of this morning's message, and this is through some things that happened a long time ago. One instance is my BC days before I really had an in-love relationship with Jesus. So, so especially young people, this is not a license to do these things. Okay? So... This is, the, the message is called A Bully in the Stairwell. Write it down. A lot of stuff on bullies, right, in today's world. Everybody's bullied, everybody's a bully. So this message is called A Bully in the Stairwell. So kind of before, before I get into it again, this is not a license, young people, or anybody for that matter, to punch someone, to kick someone, to retaliate in any way, this was BC days for me, this first story. So many, many years ago, when I was much, much younger, like a teenager in high school, and I remember um, this very vividly, and, and, and I want to make a point today, okay? So I remember being constantly harassed by another student for a couple of weeks because this particular student was new, and they were, I never told my... I, my parents about this it's just you, there's just some just listen so I, I there for a couple of weeks and because to be honest with you when you play all sports and you're you're strong and fast and kind of like, you don't want to say you're being bullied I mean, right maybe that's just me like this guy's picking on me so you know I, for a couple of weeks this guy I, for no reason was at was at me and after me calling me names over and over again, thinking his words could do something to me and oppress me or resist my advance, whatever. He was calling me names, and he was trying over and over again to kind of weaken the possibility of maybe me retaliating. And the fact this also happened was that he had taken, I remember this, he had taken a pen from my desk. And I liked this pen a lot. It was a nice ballpoint pen that dried fast, and I used it to take all my notes and he took it, all right? Stay with me. A bully in the stairwell. Write that down. This is going to be good. So he, I, he took a pen from me until one day, Dustin, I had enough. And it was during a class change, and the hallways were full, and he was kind of following me all the way down the hallway. There was no reason for this, okay? It's what the enemy does, right? Just harasses you. And he was following me down the hallway the entire way and hitting me in behind, and I was just ignoring it because that's what we tell people. Just ignore it. And he was trying to knock the books out of my hand. This was just put, please, this was like 25 years ago, okay? This wasn't like just like last year, okay? So when I was a teenager, he's pushing me, and he's trying to knock the books out of my hands, and, and I kind of in my head at this point, two weeks later, I had a plan. Like, this started up, and I didn't know it was going to happen at that point, but I thought, okay, I'm done. This is it. So I kind of had a plan, and he's following me, and there's my buddies. We're going to the next class. This all happened so fast. And, and, I was, and then we were headed to a stairway, kind of um, situated in a back hallway that led to the second level of the building. And about halfway up the first part of the stairs, I turned around. So picture me above him, probably two or three steps, looking down. I turn around and I face my bully. 
And I didn't get in a whole lot of fights, but I was really competitive. Sports, working out, just, but I was a, I was a kind guy. I really was. But at this point, I had enough. And I turned around and, and I faced off with him and I don't think that he expected that to happen because bullies just think they can continue. The enemy can, thinks he can continue to harass you. That's not his, his place. So there were a lot of people around immediately and kind of got out of the way because they kind of knew like what was up and what was happening. And as the bully kind of stated something to the effect of like, it's only me and you now, and in about four seconds, it was only me. Because I was done. Who's ever been in a situation? Come on, just be honest. Who has been in a situation like this? Again, young people, this is not a license. This is before. January of 95, it was before that, and that is when I gave my heart to the Lord seriously, okay? <laughs> so there, you know, it, it, and I remember, and not to be like braggadocious, but this is, this is what I want to tell you today, that there's a bully in the stairwell, and he hates you, and he wants to destroy you, and he wants to steal from you. It's his job description, right? And... I remember this very clearly, that in those four seconds, there was one swing, one duck, one right hook, knockout punch, and I, I wasn't taking martial arts for 15 years at the time, and a front kick to the, solar pl- the chest, and he went flying down the stairs. Then I went over to him down the stairs, took my pen from his pocket, and went to my next class. That's a good story. (laughs) You know, you don't get in situations like this very frequently. But I think that there's an enemy constantly, constantly, that is trying to destroy you, take from us, things that aren't his, and steal from us. So I remember that I'm going to go into four mistakes that the bully makes. I was having fun preparing this. There are four mistakes that the the bully makes. And I remember like back in the day, again, not trying to be braggadocious, but trying to put this in perspective spiritually. I I was really quick back in the day. Faster than everybody on any team when I was a freshman. I ran a 4.4540. If you don't know, that's fast. I was quick. And I was strong for my size, and, and, and I had this competitiveness in me that a lot of you have that I will win. Or if I was being chased, I'm getting away. If I was trying to chase something, I'm going to catch it. Ask my wife. That's still like this thing. <laughs> like, I, I will get away or I will catch it. Did anyone feel like this? Like when you're com- competing? Liars. So... So, like, maybe you just don't care, but I had this, this edge in me, and I was done with this guy for no reason pushing me around and trying to knock the books out of my hands and taking my pen. So Jen, Jen kind of knows this part of me. Her and I will attempt to play some, some games or whatever by ourselves at the house, and it's like, I just, I just can't. I'm sorry. Let's just go relax and lay outside. So... Uh, some, some weird game, just Uno or Skipbo or something weird like, right? 
you, got, you know you're like this. Half of you are like this, very competitive. So, you know, all these sports that I was involved with in martial arts and working out, and I want to be the best at my job, and I want to be the best youth, pa- youth pastor that I can be. And I remember Jesus once said, and I quoted this scripture, but you can see it on the screen, John 10.10. 10, this is the enemy's job description. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come, Jesus says, that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And I'm going to share some things this morning because I think the enemy sometimes will agree with us and settle for the fact that maybe we're saved or born again, but he says, but you're not going to have an abundant life. And he tries to rob that from you. So we also face this bully, this thief today and, and who has kind of come to steal my future or our families or our joy or our hope or even just our effectiveness as we live on this earth. And Jesus is kind of reminding us that he's made a way for us to have an abundant life that he speaks about. And it's kind of important that we understand that we, we have the power to overtake this bully, to overtake this thief, just as I did many years ago with the bully in the stairwell. And we get to the point where we're just, we, we're like, that's it. No more. You've gone far enough. You ever feel like this? So the, write this down if you're taking notes or in your phone. The bully's first mistake. See, the bully I encountered made a few mistakes, and I'm going to go through four of them that I believe are reflective of the way that the enemy works in our lives today. First of all, mistake number one, he kind of, he presumed that he could physically take me out. Mistake number one is he presumed that he could physically take me out. Now, think of this in the spiritual, okay? What he didn't know at the time, that at that time, my whole life, I was devoted and committed through multiple sports a year. I ran every day. I played in every competitive sport that I could all year round. Back in the day, I was purposefully training three or four hours a day, had a part-time job working construction. Back in the day, peak physical condition. So he made a mistake that he could physically take me out. And in the same way, the the devil would like for us to believe that we will never have victory over him. I always have to pray, God, don't let me look at their faces. I need encouragement this morning because Ezekiel says, you know, God's doing a work in their heart, just wait. Because I know some of the church, New Hope and Jesus Christ, the enemy has victory over you in certain areas and you think, this is the way it's going to be. I'm just going to have to find a way to make peace with it and to cope with it. So what happens is the devil tries to convince us that, that we'll constantly be in pursuit of a victory that's just out of reach. That's what the enemy tells us. So I need to remind you this morning that Satan is a liar. He is a liar. So God has kind of, he's called us, he has equipped us to overpower the bully, the devil, the enemy. I remember God telling me years ago when I was a teenager, there's something in you, Adam. There's something that rises up in you that you can't stand it when weaker people are picked on or bullied. How many of you have a problem with that? 
So David says this in Psalms in 1829. He says, listen to this. What, this is what the, the Lord does. It says, for by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. So what I'm saying is you can do things that you don't think you can do supernaturally by the Spirit of God. You can, you, God's given you everything you need to confront and to battle the bully, the enemy. There's something in you to confront, the Lord says today. He went on to say in, in verses 37 and 38 of Psalms 18, he says, I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with strength for the battle. See, a lot of people in the Christian life, we have, you know, we, we just think we just need enough power to hold down the fort. It's all we need. Life's too overwhelming. I don't need crazy victories. I just need enough to hold down the fort. To somehow put up a shield so that the devil can't hurt us anymore. Remember on the movie, was it War Room, where the lady goes out on her front porch and she's saying, no more. Leave. Get out to the enemy. Your reign of terror is over. And that's sometimes what we have to do. And that's kind of part of it. This just, you know, we have to put a shield up. We have to put our kids in a bubble. We just want to get by in life. And it's part of it, but we've been given a whole lot more power to do so much more. And we're called, it actually, to pursue the kingdom of darkness. And we've been given power, just like Jesus was by the Spirit of God, like it says in Isaiah in different places, to open prison doors, to, 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 to see wounded hearts healed, to see blinded eyes given sight, and not only sight, but a vision for the future, and to see those that are being held captive set free. So Jesus says in Matthew 16, 18, you are my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. That's empowering. In fact, I, I kind of looked at this and I, you know, listen to this. It says, he, I don't think he meant that the gates of hell are coming our way. He meant for us to be on the offensive side of the ball running towards the gates of hell. And I think that it might have been either the Salvation Army or someone, some ministry that was established that says, I want to run a rescue mission a yard away from the gates of hell. That's what we're doing in this life. But every, our priorities are, are really out of whack. So, to continue on, I, I, it's definitely us being on the offensive side of the ball, going towards the gates of hell, not playing defense. We're on the winning side. We have the ball. We always have the ball. So we, we, we have the ball in this game of life. The gates of hell really should be scared of you and I. They should be scared of us, not the other way around. I've had visitations from demons in the middle of the night. I remember getting up probably 10 years ago saying, is that it, Satan? Is that all you have? As I felt and saw a black hand with nails that were about six inches long grab my hand, start pulling me out of the bed, and I was going out of the bed. Am I freaking anyone out? Uh, who's experienced this type of stuff? Some. 
Because the enemy doesn't bother you when you're living in sin. He bothers you when you're trying to get out of sin. And then I'm rebuking these black figures. I see two or three go down my hallway and I get up. And I say, is that it? In Jesus' name. I mean, pursue your enemy. One of these days, the church is going to get it because there's, I don't think, anything more powerful than the local church if operating correctly. So that, that's kind of part of it as we just kind of try to live life, but we're called to pursue the kingdom of God. We've been given this power. So you remember that the enemy cannot outrun us. This is a mistake that the enemy makes. The enemy cannot outrun us. The enemy, the bully made the mistake of that they could physically overpower me. So this is a mistake that the devil makes. He thinks that he can get you. He thinks that he can physically outrun you, overpower you. You'll catch him. You're called to catch him. You're commanded to catch him. Break his teeth. Everyone has something to say until they're punched in the mouth. I'm speaking spiritually. So you have to understand that the devil cannot and has not and will not and will not beat us in a fight. The gates of hell cannot hold the church captive when the church finally realizes who she is in Christ and begins to pursue the enemy. The bully's second mistake, write it down if you're taking notes. The second mistake made by the bully in the stairwell is that he could keep <laughs> what he had stolen from me. You might think, well, it's just a pen. That's way more than that to me. The second mistake is, is that he could keep what he had stolen, somehow assumed that I would not be able to take it back from him. So Luke eleven twenty one and 22 says, listen to this, when a strong man fully armed, guards his own palace. His goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. So listen, the devil can't keep what he's stolen from you. What has he stolen from you? I'm going to get real personal this morning. My wife isn't here this morning. She's at the fair. And I had her, I had her read my message last night. So I, I want to talk, be, this example of infertility is part of my life story. It just is, okay? So I need you to hear me this morning. So this is another example from my life. When I was 23 years old, I'll be 40 this December. When I was 23 years old. I graduated from college. I was hired for a teaching job. My wife and I began the summer of 2002. We had a mission trip to Mexico with 20 kids. I'm sure you remember that if you were part of that or here at the church. And we were, we were excited. I, I landed a job. We were buying better, more reliable cars. We were, getting re we were looking for another home. It was an exciting time in our lives. So then we start talking about maybe but the possibility of starting a family 16 years ago okay so this hidden battle for a really long time now remember the point is that the enemy uh he made the mistake that he could keep what he had stolen okay 
So this hidden battle that we were kind of engaged in month after month, year after year after year, now a decade had passed and we were, it was starting to really weigh heavily on us. And honestly, in that time, the things that I wouldn't share with anyone, really my wife and I, it, it crippled me to the point I'm a youth pastor. Remember, I'm a teacher at the time. I, you know, my life is great, but there's this one hidden area that just, it, it crushed me. It crushed us both, okay? Now listen, this story takes a little turn here. So I remember creating names. I remember redoing a room. I remember getting, you're preparing. It's faith, right? Stay with me. So I honestly didn't, you know, I remember not wanting to ever be around anyone that was having children, including family, students that would get pregnant at 14, 15 and come in bragging about it because they didn't know what else to do and how to deal with it. So I didn't want to be around anyone at that time when it was really, really difficult. You with me? So I remember over and over again, not finding out that she's not pregnant, she's not pregnant, she's not pregnant, moving forward in the youth ministry. What am I going to do? Let the enemy cripple and paralyze me forever? No. So moving forward in my job, moving forward in the youth ministry, and eventually starting the restoration events because I thought, well, I just I don't feel like it. I, no, the enemy needs punched, and I need to keep moving forward, Right? So we continue to move forward. We had restoration events 2007 through 2014 with hundreds, and the last three events had over 1,000. It was just, it was an awesome time, but it was also kind of really difficult. And I remember going through treatments and giving my wife shots and finding out over and over and over and doing all these things. And the doctor who looked at me and said, this isn't just a hobby of mine. You'll be pregnant within a year. Who says that as a doctor? See, God's the, the author of life, right? He can decide what he does. And the whole while we're being formed and shaped to trust God. So the trial you're in right now has a purpose. So I remember it, it was stealing my joy. The enemy it was stealing my joy. It was producing a lot of frustration in me. It was a really, really difficult season in our lives. And about a month before the very last restoration event that we did in 2014, I will tell you, I was angry. I was confused, maybe a little anxious, maybe a little depressed. And, and I had went downstairs. I had turned on the fire in my basement. I laid down on the couch. I got my Bible out. I blasted some godly music. And I'm telling you, I can't time out the, the you can't time out the moments when God lifts a burden from you. You can't plan it out. You can't, you keep begging him and begging him. You can't say, well, this weekend or tomorrow or he's going to do it next week and then I'll get serious, whatever. You can't time it out. You, can't, you won't even be able to explain it when it happens. And all the while my wife and I were fighting this battle together, he was also dealing with her individually. Okay? Telling us the same thing because that's what he does. If he tells a wife and a husband different things and they're on the same, someone, right? God confirms things. And it was kind of at that moment in my life, February of 14. Now, I'd been saved since January of 95. So at that moment, God met with me. I can't explain it. I don't know what, I can't describe it. I can't tell you a whole lot other than the fact that at that moment, he gave me the energy. Jen wasn't home to get up and start rebuking the enemy. 
because there were things that he had stolen from me in my life that he thought I couldn't get back. Are you with me? So I told the enemy that you will no longer have any kind of power over me. You will not take my purpose. You will not take my joy. You will not take my calling. You will not take this abundant life that's promised in Christ. Come on. So you have to remember that at that time, I was a born-again Christian this entire time, and the devil tried to convince me that he could keep what he had stolen, and he, he had stolen, and I know that I'm full of passion and energy. I know that. It's how God's wired me, and I'm not going to be anything else. I get it. But he had stolen this, this bounce in my step internally. The enemy had taken my energy, taken my joy. You, you saw it. You saw it, Right? It was a frustrating time, and he had taken um, um, my confidence and the faithfulness of God. And, and he really, if you think about it, he, he stole my voice that I had, this genuine, sincere, free voice. He had taken it. And in many ways, really, at that point, I'm thinking, he's, he's, our future is over. He's stolen our future. Okay? It was kind of like what I said before. Satan was kind of saying like, okay, you're saved. You're born again. I'll agree with you on that part. However, you're not going to have this abundant life. It's not going to be yours. You're just going to have to find a way to be content and cope with, with this burden. Have you felt like this? So in the past... During this time when I had felt angry and confused and, and frustrated and disappointed and, and, come on, man, like a loser. I couldn't give my wife children. But it was unexplained infertility, and we were both perfectly fine. It's as if God, like Hannah, he shut up her womb. I have no, I can't, I can't tell you, right? I'm so glad I can hear the voice of God. I'm so glad that his ways are higher than ours. I'm so glad that he sees the big picture and all I see is what's right in front of me. And, and in the past, I felt all these horrible things. And I would just kind of settle, well, I guess this is the way it's going to be. Nothing's ever going to change. In fact, my wife and I both felt these feelings will never go away. You ever felt like that? Are you in that right now? Some of you are. I know who you are. But that night, I got up. And I was determined. And I got up and I was speaking to the devil. And I said to the enemy, no more. And I said, I believe Christ. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I'm born again. The devil, your reign of terror is over. In the name of Jesus, the word of God says, if you be for me, who can be against me? So just maybe pieces of the scripture there comes a point when we have to face the bully in the stairwell i hope you take something away today audience participation let's go somebody get excited you have to come to a place where you face the bully in the stairwell and you take back what that bully has stolen that when the church realizes the mistakes that the bully and the enemy is making It'll start thriving. And there's a point when we must lift our heads and we have, to, we have to roar right in the face of the devil. We have to do that. I don't care how silly it looks. 
God told me a long time ago when I was 16, you will forego the opinions of your peers. <laughs> so faces don't bother me. What you might be thinking doesn't bother me. God supernaturally set me apart. I know he did because I couldn't. I wouldn't have the energy to even get up here and say these things. He's done this. He's done it all. He gets all the glory for my life. So listen to this. So that's what I did that night, right in my basement, right by my fireplace, with my word in hand, with the Bible. I got up off of the couch and basically was telling Satan, you have no power over me. The only power the enemy has is the power I give the enemy. And I was getting in his face. I remember it in my basement. And I'm thinking of past victories that I had to overcome as a young Christian, as, as a, maybe five years before that, ten years before that. And I'm remembering these other things in my life, and I'm remembering kind of having a David moment. Like, God, I'm, you've delivered me from the mouth of the lion. I know what those things were in my life. You've delivered me from the paw of the bear. I know what those things were in my life. And I know you will lift this and give me victory over this giant in my life for the sake of your name, my wife, and for the souls of your people that you have lined up for years for us to minister to. I mean, you, I had to get up and I had to declare it. I'm telling you what, from that moment, God filled me with peace. He, it was that day, that moment, he filled me with peace, he filled me with confidence, he filled me with the brokenness, he filled me with joy, he filled me with freedom, he filled me with thankfulness, he filled me with this supernatural strength. Have you had this moment? Do you know what it's like to have a burden lifted and all you can do is say, thank you, Lord? And not because a prayer was answered, but maybe because it wasn't. Amen. Hallelujah. So out of all of this, I was set free. Now listen to me. Set free from this particular burden, this weighty burden. And unbeknownst to me, my wife and I are fighting this battle together. She's set free from it. Independently, by herself, set free. We decided at that point the enemy's not going to steal from us anymore. He's not going to rob us of an abundant life that we're promised in Christ. And we made a decision and we've moved forward. Because sometimes the things that you pray for aren't in the plan of God. I don't know if there's a ton of things we're doing for the Lord that, that maybe we couldn't have done if we had a kid or two or three or four. I don't know. That's not for me to even figure out, but all I know is that God has changed us. This is not heartache for us anymore, and that was four and a half years ago. God lifted it. God lifted it. I think you can convince yourself that God has promised you things. Maybe he didn't. So you better have clarity in the word. And I think at that time, for that time in life, it was like, this is the thing to do. You get married, you have kids, you raise a family. And I've said before, we have thousands of kids everywhere else in our jobs, in the youth ministry, our nieces and nephews. We have a huge responsibility. I can't, I can't explain this to you. All I know is that God did it, and the enemy thought that he had stolen something that we weren't going to get back. So listen to this. Ephesians 6, 10, 12, 17 says, 
Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In other words, we must have truth in our inward parts. Thy word have I hid in my heart. It's an inward um, um, concealing of the word of God. We must walk in a right relationship with God. We must take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So I want to urge you this morning, church, know your Bible. Read your Bible. It's how you will battle those dark figures at night or anxiety when it comes over you and you can't sleep and you're worried Then you have to take a pill because this is what we do. I can't explain it, but priorities might have to be shifted to put a little bit more faith in the one who wired you and knitted you together in your mother's womb. And even if you can only recall like, like part of a scripture, say it. It's the word of God. When you're facing your battle or your bully, say it. So the bully's third mistake, write this down. A bully in the stairwell made a third mistake that day. He presumed that I was alone. So as I turned to face off with him, I'll never forget this. As I turned and faced off with him, and he could, he could see that it was one person in himself because people had scattered and got out of the way. They knew it was happening. And they got out of the way and maybe left as quickly as possible. Didn't want to be a part of it, but, you know, fights sometimes draw attention, right? And what he failed to realize was that I had a lot of friends and a lot of teammates very close by or around the corner, and all I had to do was holler for them, and they were all sick of him too. Are you sick of him? So in the same way, we have to understand who is behind us. We're not facing this bully, this enemy alone, the devil. We have to ask the Lord to give us a vision of who we truly are and really a vision of why even the demons believe and tremble, says James 2.19. Now why is that? I want some of that. Why are even demons, they believe, but they tremble? I, I want to have that vision and that understanding. Surely, and I had a dream one time of a guy on a bulldozer in the back lot of our church. And he was bulldozing everybody and we had elders and people that I knew throwing people over a wall to safety. Like it was a supernatural strength, it was a dream, go figure. They're throwing people over the wall and people were reaching down and helping and pull them over the wall. And we had a guy on a bulldozer and he was bulldozing our kids. And he was killing them and he was wreaking havoc on the back lot. That's what the devil does, that's what the world does. He hates your kids. He hates you. He wants to bulldoze everything and completely annihilate everything. Until I remember going out. It was my dream, so God used me, and I went out, and I, I got in front of the bulldozer, and I said, stop. And I went on, and he stopped because that's what power of God gives you. And I went on, and he had a mask on, and I pulled his mask off, and it was a little frail guy about three feet tall with no strength whatsoever, and I immediately woke up and thought, Isaiah 14, 6. This thing caused kingdoms to shake and the earth to tremble? This guy? Nah. Right? 
We have to get some offense back in our Christian step. So listen to this. 2 Kings 6, 16 and 17 says, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You are not alone. So why should we tremble in the face of the enemy? We have the weaponry of Christ. We have sufficient backup. We have brothers and sisters in Christ who will be there in your time of need. Some would say amen. We have, we have an army of people that would come to our side. We have outside forces that would come down and help you. If you need them, hundreds of people are with you in this battle. You were never meant to isolate yourself, ever. It's not scriptural. And best of all, leading this charge of heaven's armies, we have this commander, this general, that's so amazing, that's so awesome, that even the mention of his name, even the mention of his name causes every knee to bow and every tongue to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You are never alone. Yes. The bully's fourth mistake. The fourth mistake by this bully in the stairwell that day was the bully's belief that his, that his words, his, his mocking, and his name-calling, that his words were enough to resist my advance. This is a mistake that the enemy made. Just by the words, we listen to the wrong voices, and then we entertain, and then we dwell, and then we're trapped this bully believed that his words were enough to just stop my advance or cause me not to turn around or just continue to be bullied see this is a tactic that's often used by satan we know that you think about when goliath was was um jace always says the word hurling hurling accusations goliath was hurling accusations trying to discourage the armies of god and david decided to go down to the valley as a teenager, to fight this big mouth from hell, call it what it is. And Goliath taunted him and said in 1 Samuel 17, 43 and 44, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. See, David, he, he wasn't stopped by these words that he was threatening him with the spirit of God came on David and he says in the Bible in verse 45 through 47 you come to me with the sword with the spear even with the javelin but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel's whom you have defied this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and what confidence in Christ the, today the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord God not save with the sword and the spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. What confidence 
that David has supernaturally by the Spirit of God. See, the devil kind of thinks that he can, he can stop us simply by his words that he's hurling at us and accusations and insults and, and condemnation, and he's in your ear. He hates you. He wants to steal from you and destroy you. You're nothing. You'll never be this. You'll never do that. You'll never be free. You'll always have this that you will have to just go through life with. And I'm telling you, church, he will lift it. He will lift it. He will lift it. He will lift it. He will do it. When you're in it, you can't see it. And that's okay if you're still... When you're in it, you can't see it. But you stay faithful and I promise you, He will lift it. He will. See, the devil thinks that by his words he can just stop you from going forward. But remember that you and I have the right. We have the right. It is our inheritance, the Bible says, to condemn everything, to condemn every word. It's in our, our inheritance, says the Lord. And we have the right to stand in the devil's face. In the name of Jesus Christ, I resist your weapons. I resist your attempts. I resist your advance. We have the right. You are not taking my home. You are not taking my family. Some of you have wayward children. You don't know what they're doing. You pray for them all the time. Maybe they're here today and spiritually they're just not, they're not in it. But you have the right to stand in the face of the enemy. You are not taking my family. You are not taking my home. See, listen to this. I'm the, the devil may roar, but I see his leash. I see his leash. His days are numbered. I see his leash. I see his leash. Do you see his leash? I have, if I don't get excited, I can't preach. Stand, please. Then the lights, booth, get ready. Here we go. There is a bully today. Not just in the stairwell. There is a bully today. We have a bully in our stairwell, spiritually speaking. The bully is challenging your walk with God. The bully is challenging your faith. Challenging the church of Jesus Christ. Challenging New Hope Church. There is a bully. A bully that's trying to convince you that he's faster than you. A bully that's trying to convince you that, that he can keep what he's stolen from you. A, a, a kind of bully that's trying to make you believe that you are all alone. A bully that's trying to convince you that he can resist you simply by his words. These are the four mistakes that the devil makes. This morning, you have to say no. Devil, no further. You can go ahead and start music now. As a matter of fact, not only are you not going any further, listen to this. I might get in the enemy and say, you're not going any further, enemy. In fact, step back. Step back. Take a step back, devil. You're not going to, you, you can take a rest now, devil. In fact, won't you stay there at the bottom of the stairwell for a while? See, we're called to something much deeper. You can come to altar anytime you want and praise God for your upcoming freedom. Much deeper than just living for ourselves. We're, we're called to advance towards the enemy for the sake of the captives, for the honor of the name of Jesus. And by the grace of God, 
Let's come to the altar now. Let's enter the battle now. Let's use our weapons of spiritual authority, our weapons of understanding our identity in Christ, weapons of boldly praying as if we cannot be denied what is written in the Word of God. Let's say this this morning. Let no bully remain in our stairwell. Let us be everything that God has called us to be, New Hope Church. Give Him praise this morning in the name of Jesus. We are victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No bully remains. Hallelujah, Lord. simply trust you. We simply trust you, Lord. We consider our ways. You're back on the top of the list, Lord, because we've been dwelling on being bullied. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. You are good. You are strong. You are enough. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Freedom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. You can put the next song on the screen. We'll have some lyrics and we'll end with that. Just about three or four more minutes and we will dismiss. This is an opportunity to tell the devil to get thee behind me like the Bible says. There's no place for you, devil. You're defeated. You're bitter about it. You cannot have our families. You will not rob the confidence that I have in the faithfulness of God. I trust you, Lord Jesus, that you know best for my life. You don't have to take a certain amount of minutes to get free. It's just simply asking the Lord Jesus to take the burden, to surround yourself with godly people that support you, that love you. You are not alone. The enemy cannot defeat you. No more bullying. No more bullying. We are not weak. My goodness. Turn it up, please.
in the name. Thank you, Lord. This we know. This we know. See the enemy run. We will see the enemy run. This we know. We will see the victory come. says we trust you we trust say I trust you or hold your wife or your you husband and sing we trust you we trust you Lord Jesus we trust you we hallelujah trust Lord you. so simple tell him we trust we trust, we trust you Jesus we trust you we trust Higher than our Lord, yes, we trust you. In all things, in all things, this we know. We will see the enemy roll. This we know. We will see the victory come. Father, we ask that you would go with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that we would understand and realize the victory, Lord Jesus, that you had and the victors that you have made us through it, Lord Jesus. No more devil, no more bullying the saints of God, no more in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now go work the fair. God bless you.